after Joseph was raised up out of the prison of Egypt with a signet ring of Pharaoh on his finger, new garments on his body, with gold chain around his neck, riding in the second chariot behind Pharaoh in a big parade going through Egypt, watching the people bow a knee before him as he passed by. He must have realized, had one of those moments when he realized, God, it was you all along. It was God who did all these things that God might preserve life through Joseph. Welcome to The Cleansing Word. We invite you to stay with us as Pastor John Pinnell of Calvary Chapel Lake Villa takes us through a verse-by-verse study from God's Word. Each Monday through Friday, we'll be airing messages to encourage you in your faith that you might grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope that you enjoy this broadcast, and I'll return at the close of this teaching to give you more information about our church and how you can obtain a copy of this message. Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word. So I titled this, this is a chapter 45. A strange title, I realize, for a biblical passage. But I connect a little bit of my own story at the end of this, which will help the title make a little better sense. So my title for chapter 45, Looking in the Rearview Mirror of Life. I don't even know if they had rearview mirrors in chariots with the rearview on there. Not sure if they had them, but we're going to look at that when we get at the end of this chapter and what I mean by that title. Verses 12 through 15, And behold, your eyes... The eyes of my brother Benjamin see that it is my mouth that speaks to you. So look at my eyes. So you shall tell my father of all my glory in Egypt and of all that you have seen. And you shall hurry and bring my father down here. Then he fell on his brother Benjamin's neck and wept. And Benjamin wept on his neck. Moreover, he kissed all his brothers and wept over them. And after that, his brothers talked with them. Joseph could have brought retribution against his brothers. And yet he realized that God was actually working out his plan in all of their lives to save their people, to keep them alive. The Bible Knowledge Commentary states this, the certainty that God's will, not man's, is the controlling reality in every event shine through the basis for this reconciliation. That God's will, not man's. They had meant to harm Joseph. They had meant to kill him. And then initially, they ended up selling him. Once that had happened, they had no means by to retrieve him. In fact, they believed that he had died many years earlier. 
But God was working out his plan. Truly, Joseph had suffered great anguish and as well as great joy in the last 22 years. Great anguish, being accused, falsely accused of rape, thrown into prison. The psalmist talking about hurting his hands with fetters and irons, that he was a prisoner, he was locked up, he was a slave. But also he had great joy. He was given a wife. He had two sons that were born to him there in Egypt, Ephraim and Manasseh. Yet God had revealed to him amid all the hardships of his life that God still had a plan for Joseph. God had began revealing his plan in Joseph's life through dreams when he was a teenager, still in his homeland. And now some 22 years later, at the age of 39 years old, give or take, Joseph still understood that God was at work in his life. It reminded me of Jeremiah 29:11, a favorite passage for a lot of people where the Bible tells us, the Lord speaking, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you a future and a hope. Like Joseph, like the Apostle Paul, may we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. Romans eight twenty eight. So after weeping and learning that Joseph now actually indeed stood before them, the brothers, they're relieved. Their spirits are relieved. Verses 16 through 28, as we continue going through this chapter. Now the report of it was heard in Pharaoh's house, saying, Joseph's brothers have come. So it pleased Pharaoh and his servants well. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, say to your brothers, do this. Load your animals and depart. Go to the land of Canaan. Bring your father and your households and come to me. And I will give you the best of the land of Egypt and you will eat the fat of the land. Now you are commanded to do this. Take carts out of the land of Egypt for your little ones, your wives. Bring your father and come. Also, do not be concerned about your goods for the best of all the land of Egypt is yours. So Joseph's revelation to his brothers actually caused quite a stir in the whole land of Egypt. It got to the ears of Pharaoh and to the servants of Pharaoh. And they were so delighted that Joseph's brothers had come to him there in Egypt that they made arrangement for their saviors family to be near to him. In fact, Pharaoh commanded Joseph to bring his family and that he might provide for them in the land of Egypt. What would be the other option? Think about this. The Egyptians might be thinking that Joseph is reunited with his brothers once again. Maybe he'll want to go back to Canaan and we'll lose our savior. The guy who has helped us get through the last two years of famine and also, the man through whom the Spirit of God speaks, who says that there is five more years of famine. They didn't want to see Joseph go anywhere. So better to have Joseph's family 
come to be near him than for Joseph to leave, to go back to his family. But also God working through this whole situation. As we know, God is working out his plan for the nation of Israel. Verses 21 through 24, we continue. Then the sons of Israel did so, and Joseph gave them carts according to the command of Pharaoh, and he gave them provisions for the journey. He gave to all of them, to each man, changes of garments. But to Benjamin, he gave 300 pieces of silver and five changes of garments. And he sent them to his father, these things, 10 donkeys loaded with the good things of Egypt, 10 female donkeys loaded with grain, bread, and food for his father for the journey. And so he sent his brothers away and they departed. And he said to them, see that you do not become troubled along the way. Joseph knew his brothers. He knew them very well. It might have been 22 years since they had lived in the same household together. But he understood that once they got on the road, once they headed back, maybe they would begin the blame game. Um, they would accuse one another of their past treatment against Joseph. And when playing the blame game, a person is merely trying to deflect or alleviate their own guilt to put it upon someone else instead of drawing near to God. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 10.22, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. That we need to, Ephesians 5.26, that he might wash us by the water of his word. Here we find Hebrews 10.22, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, our bodies washed with pure water. It comes through drawing near to God with true hearts, full of the assurance of faith. And considering that even this is a test. I saw this as a test. Joseph not only gave Benjamin like a lot more food when they had dinner at Joseph's house, than the other brothers. Now he lavishes great gifts to his brother, 300 pieces of, I believe it says silver, and five change of garments. They all received something, but Benjamin received much more. Would they be jealous over Benjamin like they had been? Remember, what caused part of the jealousy uh, between the brothers and Joseph? It was a coat of many colors just one garment that had been given to Joseph by their father caused the brothers to hate him and desire to see him killed. Song of Solomon, verse 6 of chapter 8 says, Jealousy is cruel as the grave. Its flames are the flames of fire, a most vehement flame. Where the brothers continue to bite and devour one another, Joseph warned them, See that you do not become troubled along the way. I know you guys. Just go and do what you've been commissioned to do. We find liberty in Christ Jesus. Paul wrote in 
Galatians 5, 13 through 15, saying, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use your liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For all the laws fulfilled in one word, even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, beware, lest you be consumed by one another. They could have, as Joseph warned them, do not become troubled along the way. They could have messed everything up. But thankfully, the brothers had 22 years of being consumed by their past ways, and I believe they wanted no more of it. We close out in verses 25 through 28. Then they came up out of Egypt, and they came to the land of Canaan to Jacob their father, and they told him, saying, Joseph is still alive, and he is governor over all the land of Egypt. And Jacob's heart stood still, because he did not believe them. But then, when they told him of all the words which Joseph had said to them, and when he saw the carts which Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of Jacob, their father, revived. And Israel said, It is enough. Joseph, my son, is still alive. I will go and see him before I die. Jacob was the most shocked of all. He couldn't believe it. His heart stopped. Momentary skip of the beat. But notice in this passage, in verse 25, they came to Jacob. In verse 26, Jacob's heart stood still. But in verse 27, their father revived. And then verse 28, Israel, same man, Jacob, a man of the flesh couldn't believe what was going on. But once he revived, he became Israel, a man governed by God once again. And he was ready to go down and see his son there in Egypt. That he would long to see the face of his son before he died. Many years later, a man named Simeon would be at the temple of God, serving in the temple of God. And he had been praying to see the Messiah of Israel. And, of course, Mary and Joseph, and we'll learn about this during uh, December, will rehearse the Christmas story. But when they brought baby Jesus to the temple of the Lord, Simeon, Luke 2, 28-30, took Jesus up in his arms he blessed God, saying, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation. So in this sense, Joseph also becomes a type of Savior. He is the one through whom God used to save not only Egypt, but also Israel and their family. And Israel saying, I want to see him with my eyes before I die. Simeon said of the true Messiah, Jesus, for now my eyes have seen your salvation. I'm ready. Take me home, Lord. I've seen the Messiah. As believers, 
Though we have seen numerous evidence that Jesus lives, we also, like Simeon, long to see his face. Peter would write in 1 Peter 1, 8 and 9, saying, Whom you have not seen, you love. Speaking about Jesus. We have not seen Jesus, but we love him. Though now you do not see him, yet believing you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. The Apostle John wrote about the perspective of believers who have not yet seen Christ. In 1 John 3, verses 2 and 3, he says, Beloved, now we are children of God. It has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. In verse 3, everyone who has this hope purifies himself just as he is pure. So I title this, Looking in the Rearview Mirror of Life. Well, hindsight can be either good or bad. Like with Joseph's brothers, it can be hard to look back at our lives, realizing the hurts and the pain that we have caused others. However, if this type of review can bring about repentance with God, it can be a very good thing. On the other hand, like with Joseph, it can be good to look back and see how God's hand had been working through through all the events of his life, all along, even when you did not recognize it. Joseph, 13 years, he struggled as either a slave or a prisoner. But he had come to learn during that time that God was watching over his life. After Joseph was raised up out of the prison of Egypt with a signet ring of Pharaoh on his finger, new garments on his body, with gold chain around his neck, riding in the second chariot behind Pharaoh in a big parade going through Egypt, watching the people bow a knee before him as he passed by. He must have realized, had one of those moments when he realized, God, it was you all along. It was you who made me my father's favorite to cause my brothers to hate me so. It was you who used their hatred against me to have me thrown into that pit. Their plan was to kill me, but you had a caravan of merchants to pass by, and I was sold as a slave instead. It was you who raised me up in Potiphar's house just to have me thrown into prison after I refused the seductions of his wife. It was you who gave me favor with the prison keeper, and raised me up to watch over the other prisoners. It was you who allowed me to interpret the dreams of the chief baker and the chief butler of Pharaoh. Just to have the chief butler, when he was put back in his position, when Joseph said to him, Remember me, I've been falsely accused. He would forget for another two years, but even in that, Joseph would come to realize it was God who caused the chief butler to forget until Pharaoh himself in one night had two consecutive dreams and needed someone to interpret for him. It was God who did all these things that God might preserve life 
through Joseph. As believers in Jesus Christ, we each may come to one of those, it was you, Lord, working all along. One of those, it was you moments in our lives when we realized that God was working all along, even when we perhaps did not realize it. One of the ways that God works in our lives, well, he demonstrates his own love toward us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God did that, that he might preserve life by bringing us to his son as our savior, Jesus Christ. I've really enjoyed going through the book of Genesis because we see that God works in our lives. And for Joseph, it was a process of time, a long process. There was a lot of heartache. There was a lot of pain. There was a lot of sorrow. There was also great joy in the last seven years of his life. Things have been going well for Joseph. Thirteen years before that, not so good. But he realized that through it all, God was working out his plan for Joseph's life. That's why it's so important for us to have those it was you, Lord, moments in our lives. Well, that it was you moment begins the moment we come to faith in Jesus Christ. Here on Wednesday night, we have been rehearsing the ABCs of salvation, which is admit, believe, and confess. The importance of admitting to God that we are sinners to ask for his forgiveness. As Romans 3.23 tells us, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But 1 John 1.9 teaches us that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It begins by admitting to God that we are sinners. We have to also believe, believe in the work that Jesus did upon the cross. His death, burial, resurrection from the grave, his ascension to the right hand of the Father. I would even add, believe that he's coming again, as the Bible teaches of his second coming, which we will be looking at, Lord willing, this coming Sunday, as we look at Revelation chapter 20. But we have to believe understanding that God demonstrates his own love toward us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5.8. I think I've read that verse three times tonight, maybe four. So let's get it. Get it in our hearts. Christ died for us even while we were still sinners. The C is for confess. Confess your faith in Jesus Christ. Share your faith with others. Romans 10, verses 9 and 10, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Romans 10, 13, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Let's go ahead and close in prayer. Father, we thank you for this great passage of Scripture. So much, Lord, that we can learn. But the assurity of Joseph to say that to his brothers, God sent me before you to preserve life. You may have meant evil against me, but God had a different plan. Father, 
sometimes we're in the middle of that plan, not really understanding exactly what you would have for us. For Joseph, it took over 22 years to have this revelation that we read about here in Genesis chapter 45. Father, I don't know where we're at, but I pray, Lord, that we who are children of faith, though at this point in our life we may have struggles, help us, Lord, to take that rearview mirror look, just to look back to see where you have worked in our lives in times past, that you might give us courage in the work that you are currently doing in our lives today. And Lord, if you need to just give us a special touch of your spirit to reassure us that your hand is actually for us, Father, let your spirit work in our hearts this evening. We pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our greatest desire is to know Christ and to be conformed into His image by the power of His Holy Spirit. If you would like more information about Calvary Chapel, or if you would like a copy of today's message, please contact us at 847-265-0646. That's 847-265-0646. Thank you so much for joining us today. And may the Lord richly bless you as you worship him today.